And I want to welcome all of our campuses to week three of our series entitled Unexpected. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us? Those are the prisons and our jails as well. We're so honored to have you guys. I want to say a big Merry Christmas. I do want to say, be thinking this week about who you can invite this week to church. Again, we have what I would call Christmas Eve services. We have Christmas Eve Eve services and Christmas Eve 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 services. What that means is we have a lot of services around here. So make sure to check out your campus, uh, what the times are. We have Thursday, Friday, uh, and Saturday. How many of y'all love this time of the year? Come on. How many of y'all love it? I just absolutely love it. I want to say just a couple of things to the guys. Uh, it's important. It's uh, it's not too late to get your wife a gift. By the way, I just want to say two, two things, two things. If your wife, guys, this is important. This is, I'm going to help you all out. Ready? If your wife ever tells you, when you ask her, what would you like for Christmas? If she ever tells you, ah, uh, nothing. Okay. That's a lie. Now, I'm telling you, for years, a couple of years, they're like, okay, fine. I mean, don't, don't live. That's not true. I just want to say that. Number two, if you get your guys, if you get your wife something, make sure it's particular to her. Like, honey, look what I got you, a 100-inch TV. It's amazing. You know you want that, guys. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. So, so it's going to be. I know you guys are looking forward to this wonderful time with family and friends. All right, today. Today I want to talk to you about Mary. That's right. I want to talk to you about Mary, the mother of Jesus. You know, it's interesting, this month we've been talking about what I would call unexpected moments in journeys. We talked about the shepherds and their journey towards the nativity scene. We talked about the wise men last week. Today, I want to talk to you about Mary. What was it that God saw in her life that God chose her? If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. Those of you who may not know this, some of you may. Mary, by the way, uh, there are 3.3 million women in America today who share the name Mary. Listen, this is great American history, by the way. Mary is the most popular name ever in American history. But by the way, my mom's name is Mary. Now, here was her maiden name growing up. You ready for this? Gary. That was just wrong. <laughs> I was like, Mary, come on. What about Sue? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And by the way, there's all kinds of Marys out there. I mean, famous Marys, you know, and there's influence actors and uh, actresses. And, and, and by the way, by the way, Olympic gold medalist. Here it is. Mary Lou. Remember that? Very powerful people. Amazing people. And yet, God chose a woman named Mary. By the way, interesting piece of trivia. We don't even know her last name. And yet, God looked out and he saw something in Mary's life. God did something so supernatural. I want to talk to you today about what I want to call a, mess of, a recipe for the miraculous. Now, let me go on record saying this. No, I don't believe that God is ever going to choose anybody else to birth the Son of God. That's a one and done. 
But I do believe there's qualities in Mary's life that when she, God looked and saw in her life, there were qualities in her life that are so attractive that we can emulate. Because here's what I do believe. God still wants to do miracles in the earth. And how does God do miracles in the earth? Let's open the windows. Come on in, angels. No. Let me tell you, God, God does miracles in the earth by response to the prayers of his people. By you praying for people. By you believing God for people. So... What was it when God looked down in Mary's life? What were the characteristics and the qualities? I want to talk to you today about a recipe for the miraculous. I believe that God wants to do signs, wonders, and miracles through your life today. Luke chapter 1. I love the Christmas story. Let me just begin and let's read verse 26. Here's what the Bible says. This is so powerful. Now, the six, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Let me pause there for a moment. Common vernacular in our common language, that would be analogous to someone that's engaged. All right? So she was, there was a virgin betrothed. Mary was engaged, you can say it that way, to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Isn't that powerful? Talk about unexpected moments. Literally, you know, here's a peasant girl in the Galilean region, Nazareth, very close, right in that area. She's not from an aristocratic family, the powerful, the popular. She was a simple peasant girl. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord shows up, gives her a message. This is so powerful. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. And blessed are you among women. In other words, God chose you. But... When she saw him, she was troubled in his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I want to talk to you today about what are the qualities that you and I can possess? What are the qualities that Mary possessed that God used her? Again, I'll say this again. No, God is not looking to birth his son into the earth again. But I tell you what he is doing. He's looking to birth miracles in the earth. He's looking to do amazing things. How does he do it? What type of people does he use? Notice her response. Let me give you three things. Number one, the first thing that I see in Mary's life, and you'll see this, and I put this on the notes. Number one is we see a heart of humility. Look at verse 29. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and consider what manner of greeting this was. In other words, she was shocked by the angel's words. There was a sense of awe about her life that she was overwhelmed. That like, whoa, God wants to, wait, God, God's with me. God wants to use my life. I, I believe that humility really is the seedbed of the miraculous. You show me when God shows up in somebody's life. You show me, you read biographies of great women and great men that have done great things for God. And there's always a resounding characteristic that is so, it's a centerpiece. So you look in their life and it's a humble heart. It's somebody that recognizes there's a sense of awe when God speaks and God wants to use their life. Mary's like, wait a minute, this is amazing. This is, this is God, you want to use, use my life? 
It's interesting when you think of humility, there's often what I would call some extremes about that. I think people get confused when you think about humility. Sometimes people immediately go into what I would call self-flagellation. Humility is not beating yourself up. I'm just a loser. I'm no good. Matter of fact, Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, here's what Paul says. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly. In other words, have an accurate assessment of who you are. Biblical humility is not walking around beating yourself down. I'm a loser. I'm nobody. I'm just, you know, I'm just a barnacle on the bottom of a shrimp boat. That, that's not humility. That, 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 that's actually false humility, and it doesn't do any good. Humility is not beating yourself down. Humility has having a right and an accurate assessment of who you are. God is God, and we are not, and yet God still wants to do great things through our lives. Pride compares itself. So you got on one extreme, you got false humility on one side, you got pride on the other side, and they're both ugly. They're both not God's will for your life. God, God wants to use somebody that recognize, question, when God shows up in your prayer time, is there still a sense of awe in your life? You come into worship, you sing songs, you hear the music, and it, it, let me ask you this, do tears still come down your face because you sense the presence of God? I had somebody tell me one time, Pastor, I like your talks, but it's the music. I always cry, and I get nervous. I don't even want to come in because I just keep crying and crying. And I said, well, let me tell you why you're crying. Because you're sensing the presence of God. How many are grateful that God's presence shows up when we worship? It's God. God's touching you. God's touching your life. Question, when God shows up in your prayer time and you sense the Holy Spirit, is there still a sense of awe in your life? Or can you get, we can all get a little bit too familiar with it, right? We can, ah, yes, God. I mean, listen, when you hear miracle stories and testimonies, baptisms, you know, I was doing this, I was lost, I was this, this happened, and God changed my life. Do you still, is, does it still grip your heart? Because you see God working in somebody's life. That's a heart of humility. That's what true humility, true humility is that you still cry, you're still moved when you know that God has showed up. Now, I'll be honest. God's had a work deep in my heart. I struggled with pride. I still do, by the way. We all, I guess, at some level do. For those of you that are new in Christianity, the Christian life is the picture of a crock pot on low. When you get saved, you get put in a crock pot. You get put on low. Pastor, when are you done? When you die and you go to heaven and see Jesus face to face. You know what the Christian life is about? Watch this. Here's the Christian life. It's God taking things out of you, and it's God putting things in you. And it's a process. Everybody say process. It's a process. God growing you. And in my life, there's a lot of pride in my life, particularly as a young Christian, where God had to take things out of me, and God had to put things in me. Matter of fact, I, I graduated from college in 1991. So this is kind of my journey. I, I graduated in college in 91. For two years, I went to what's called Bible college. It was a missionary training school. And then I went to seminary after that. And so I was in school for a long time. And it's interesting, when I was in Bible school, I actually went to Bible school with a pastor on our staff here, Mike Kuchi, who I've known for a long time. He and his wife, Lisa, I knew them in high school. And so when I got saved, Mike got saved. I came to Christ right at the end of 1987. Mike came to Christ about a year and a half later. And so when I got saved, I finished college three, four years later, 91. 
And I decided, because we had a guy mentoring me, I decided, you know, I want to go to this Bible college. It's where he went, and Mike came with me. So we went together. Watch this. I'm talking about what are the qualities that need to be in our life for God to use our life. Humility is the, it's the foundation. And what happened in my life, so you, you get to school and you interview with the dean. And so I remember having my interview with the dean. And, and you know, they kind of assess who you are and where you come from. And Mike did his. And so January, every semester, you interview with the dean or the assistant dean of men. That's what you do. And so I never forget interviewing in January. We've been there one semester. And I, I came back and I said, Mike, I think they may ask me to be a resident assistant, a leader. I'm sure they've seen leadership qualities in my life. And so, uh, so anyway, so I don't get a call back. They put a note on your thing. I didn't get a note. And Mike goes, this is crazy. They asked me to be a resident assistant. I said, Mike, you're kidding me. Surely they saw leadership in my life. Really? So you're going to be a resident. So for one semester, wait, for one semester, a guy, I got saved before him. I didn't disciple him, but I, you know, I was a little, you know, I was a little ahead of him. Come on, are y'all with me? A little, little ahead, his car was a little behind. But anyway, so, so for one semester on Fridays, my friend who I, did I, did I remind y'all that I got saved before him? Did, did I remind you all that? Anyway, so he would not, watch this, he'd knock on my door on Friday, on Friday mornings. Hey, this is Mike. I got to check to make sure your room's clean. I'm like, hey, hey Mike, got to make sure you're. <laughs> now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. That's a great story, Pastor. God's humbling you. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> so my best friend, I had three best friends in the whole world growing up. One guy's name's Rob. One guy, Dennis, and one, Vince. We're all together for, for years. Since we were like 12 years old, all together. Went to different schools. And, and, and so, so Vince got saved. I actually led Vince to Christ, all right? Right after me, about a month or two, I led Vince to Christ. And he's doing great. And today, he and his wife, and they've got kids. And so, so, so I led Vince to Christ. And so Mike and I went to Bible school for a year. Well, the following year, which would have been my third semester, Vince decides to quit his job, and he's coming to Bible school with us. So, and he was a you know, big personality and talented guy, and so he gets to Bible school. And so I sit down the first, so my third semester, I sit down with the dean of men, and I thought, surely I'm going to get asked at some point in time to be a leader around here, you know? I don't want Mike knocking on my door. May God be my witness. The third semester, I don't get asked to be a leader again. The very first day, not the second day, not the first week, the very first day of the first week that my friend Vince meets the, the dean of men, they make him a leader. They don't even know him. So now Mike like runs the whole place. He's like the big cheese. And so now Vince is knocking on my door on Friday. I'm here to check your bathroom. I'm like, I pray God takes you to heaven today. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. That's a bad heart. But how many you know God was taking things out? Everybody say out. And everybody say in. Let me tell you what God was doing. Let me tell you what God was doing. It wasn't until the last semester that I became a resident assistant. I've never recommended that school again. No, I'm joking. That's a bad attitude, isn't it? But here's what God was after. Listen to me. Let me tell you what God, God was after something in my heart. You want to know why? Because God wanted to do something through my life like God wants to do something through your life. And let me tell you what really stopped. Let, let me, here's what God says in, in the book of James. You ready for this? 
But James chapter 4, verse 9, it says, God resists the proud. I don't want to be resisted by God. But he gives what? Say it. Grace to the humble. By the way, we, we often stop there. Go to the next verse. Here's the next verse. I love this verse. Humble yourself. So it's a choice. You can either choose to humble yourself or you can be humbled by life. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Watch this. And he will lift you up. If you make it your full-time job, humble yourself, God makes it his full-time job, exalting you in due time. How many of y'all grateful for God's grace? Come on, how many of y'all grateful for what God does? All right, now watch this. Watch this. This is important. I want to say this again. Humility is not self-abasement, self-flagellation. I'm a loser. That's not humility. Humility is having an accurate assessment, recognizing that God is God and we are not, and recognize that all we have comes from the hand of God, and we are because of God, not comparing yourselves with one another, but positioning yourselves. If God taps you on the shoulder, if God watches, if God knocks on your door, are you willing to say, here I am, God, use me? I'm not better than anybody else, but I want to be available to your calling and purposes. That, that's what Mary did. And by the way, that's what Mary did. So number one, humility. Watch the next thing. This, the, the drama builds. This is so powerful. Humility. Watch the next thing that takes place. What I call the God factor. Humility attracts the presence and power of God. Just going right through it. Look at verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And shall call his name Jesus. Can you imagine what's going through her mind? This is a big deal. And he will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. This is a teenage peasant girl. That God has chosen God the Father has chosen for her to birth. God the Son in the earth. The incarnation. Can you imagine what thoughts potentially could have gone through her head? It's a big deal. This is like a step up from, I got a promotion at work. It's a big deal. How does she respond? Wow. And the angel, listen. So then she said, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? In other words, this is impossible. She's engaged. They've not had relation. How can this be? By the way, God specializes in the miraculous. If you can figure it out, if I can figure it out, it may be good. But God loves to move in and do the impossible. Now, watch this. How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Do you know when the Holy Spirit comes upon your life? And then it says, and the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. In other words, the power of God will come on your life. God's power comes on barren situations. God's power comes on impossible. Some of you guys are facing impossible things right now. Maybe it's with a kid in a relationship. In your business, in your body, by the way. Some of you are facing real, seemingly impossible situations. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and the Spirit of God, your position because of humility, now the Spirit has come. 
The Holy Spirit has come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And he says, now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, who has conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month, for she who was called barren. By the way, she was barren. Elizabeth, her cousin, was barren. And now she's with child. By the way, that's John the Baptist. And you're, 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 the womb of Elizabeth was barren. And in the same way that there's a miraculous thing, God opened the womb. God not, only, God not only opened her womb, but God placed the Son of God in Mary's womb. What's amazing to me is how often we evaluate life through the human lens of impossibility. That's actually the lens that God shows up with his power. I'm asking everybody at every campus, those that are joining us online, what impossible situation are you dealing with right now that you can't figure out, that you can't pull it off? Can I tell you, that's a moment, that's a candidate, that's an opportunity for God to show up. You have to see, this is biblical. You could call this the Mary miracle. Humility, watch this, plus God's power. By the way, humility attracts God's power. There are a lot of people who will say this, Pastor Steve, I believe that God is able. You know, we, we, in church, we use a lot of big terms, don't we? Preachers do. The omnipotence of God. Well, what does that mean? The omnipotence. Omni, the omnipresence. Omnipresent. Omni means all. The all-present God. He can help somebody in India. He can help somebody in Indianapolis. I mean, just the all-present God. How about this one? Ready this? The omnipresent, the omnipowerful, the omnipotent, all-powerful, all-present, omniscience. It's from the Greek word gnosis. means knowledge, the all-knowing God, the all-powerful God, the all-present God. And we understand those categories. So here's why this is important. We all know God can. The question we struggle with is, does God want to? Not the ability of God, but the willingness of God. I, I know that God can. Because I read in the Bible, right? God, God, I read and look in the Bible. And God created the heavens and the earth. And he spoke and stars. And we, 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 we understand that. We understand that there's a maker and a creator to all of this thing. And we, we know that he's big and he can. But, but the question that we struggle with, humans struggle with, is does he really want to? Does he really want to heal me? Does he really want to deliver me, my kid, my family member? Does he really want to provide for me? Matter of fact, one day this guy came up to Jesus and he asked that question. And he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He had an interface, an interchange with Jesus. And I think this is a revealing of the heart of God. Matter of fact, I believe this is for somebody today. You've asked that question a lot. I know that God can, but is God willing to do it? Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. I'm willing. Be cleansed. And immediately is leprosy. The question often is not can. The question is often Will God? I want to say to you as your pastor, according to the scripture, God wants to and wills to move in your life. He wants to help you. 
Matter of fact, there's things in your life some of you have struggled for years. Maybe it's reconciling your past. Pastor Steve, I, did, I actually had somebody tell me this. They said, Pastor, what took place in my past, I've almost felt like it's a cross that I've just got to bear. Can I tell you, your past should not be your cross to bear. Your, your past can be cleansed by the power of Christ, and your soul can be healed by the healer of souls. Everybody say, God is willing. God is willing. God is willing. He's not just able. God is willing. God is willing. What impossibility are you facing right now that you've, that you've, you've just kind of written off that God could, but does God want to? Number one is a heart of humility. Pastor, how can I see the miraculous in my life in this new year? Pastor Steve, how, how can I operate in a, just another life? I want to see things shift. I, I want to see things move in my life. I don't want to go through the same old, same old. I don't want to go through the same rituals, the same routine. I mean, I want to experience the Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do exceedingly abundant. How does it happen? Number one, we have to have a heart of humility. What is that? Not self-abasement, but a heart that stands in awe that God is God and, God, and that we're not. And that God wants to use the availability of our lives to, to do signs. And I want to say this. Everybody hear me. You are the material that God wants to do his signs, wonders, and miracles through in the earth. You're the material. You're the person. You're the man. You're the woman. You're the family that God wants to show up through and in. Number two, when we have a heart of humility, God's favor, God's power shows up. Now, here's the thing. Here it is. Here's what I would call the receptacle aspect to this. Number three, the third ingredient, it's humility, the God factor, but then there's got to be the attitude of faith. We've got to believe. Somebody's got to believe him. Somebody's got to believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only forgotten, his only begotten son. Listen, that whosoever, that's anybody. Whosoever shall, say it, believe. Somebody's got to believe. He's got the power. He's got all strength, all might, all wisdom, all healing, all deliverance. Somebody's got, the believing is the receptacle. It's the, it's the extension cord. That it's it's got to be, it's, it's be plugged in. The power is not the cord. The power is in the electric. But you got to, the belief is, I got I to gotta plug in. I got to plug in. Watch Mary plug it in. Here's the moment. Now remember, remember, this is important. God has chosen her. She's got the humble heart. She doesn't think that she's all that. But she also doesn't think that she's just a, just a little loser. She, she, she recognized, God, you're God, and I'm not. And if you say it, God, I, I, here I am, God. Now watch this. Last part. Here's the recipe. Luke chapter 1, verse 38, then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. She's presenting herself. She's presenting herself before God. That, this is humility. God, I'm not going to consider my background, my education, my lack of education, my contacts, my lack of contacts. I'm not going to consider what I did in my past, what I didn't do in my past. All right, behold, Lord, here I am. You're a maidservant. I'm talking about God using you in this year. How, how's it going? Behold, here I am, Lord. Then she says this, let it be to me, let it be to me, God, according to 
your, everybody say it, word. Listen to me. Listen to me closely. How often do we discount what God wants to do through our lives because we've not said according to your word because we're still judging our life according to how we feel, according to the circumstances that we're in, according to the opinions of mankind, according to some philosophy professor that talked you out of believing God because they were more intellectual and they had more. No, 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 no. It's not according to the culture. It's not according to the whimsical nature of man, the vicissitudes of life, the transitory nature of knowledge detached from God. It's according to God's word. We don't base our life according to culture. We base it according to God's word. We don't base it according to how we feel. It's according to God's word. What does God say? What does God say? It's what does God say? Listen, because she could have said, I'm a teenage girl. And I say this respectfully in church, I've not had relationship with Joseph. How's this going to happen? That's called impossible to man, but possible with God. It's possible with God. How many times are we evaluating life based upon what we see, what we hear? Boy, be careful what you're listening to. Watch your ear gate. Watch your eye gate. Pastor Steve, do you watch the news? Very seldomly. I'll read it because I don't want the spirit of the people on the news getting on me. I don't want a spirit of fear. I want a spirit of faith in my heart. Ooh, I just challenged somebody. Good. I don't want the opinions of man about what my family's going to be and what my future is going to be and, and what's going to happen in my life. I, I, be, it's a choice. Here it is. She could have said, this is crazy. It's not going to happen. Would God have chosen somebody else? I, I don't know. But I, it, things could have changed. Every day we have a choice. Be it, un, be it unto me according to how I feel. Boy, I've got a word. This is a word for somebody today. You, some of you are facing situations that are so big, they're so huge, and they're mounting. All right, let me help you as your pastor, and I'm almost done. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Go home. Take out a sheet of paper. This is the choice. And I want you to write down your problems. Maybe it's with a child. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's health. Just, just write it down. And then I want you to go find in the Bible. Just look it up. You can Google, all right? You can just look up. For every problem you have, I want you to find a promise in the Word of God that counteracts the problem. Okay, you with me? Listen to me. Let me help everybody. Light is stronger than darkness. If you walk into a room and there's darkness, guess what's going to win? The light. If you turn on the light, the light's stronger than darkness. Health stronger than sickness. Life stronger than death. Joy stronger than sorrow. Jesus is stronger than the devil. God's word is stronger than culture. Are y'all with me? You got to see that. Be it unto me, God, even if, even if I feel different, be it unto me according to your word, God. Yeah. Some of you have some challenges that are bigger than you right now. It's okay. We all actually do. We got to say, be it unto me, God, according to this word. Yeah. Just like Mary. Pastor, I want God to do something great. I'll ask one question. Everybody at every campus, those that are online, how many of y'all want to 
God to do great things through your life in the new year. Come on, anybody? Okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Number one, have a heart of humility, not self-abasement, not putting yourself down, just recognizing that you're not God. Come before him with a heart of humility. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. <laughs> recognizing who God is. Number two, your humility begins to attract God's power and his presence. Number three, when he comes, when he taps on the shoulder, when the knock comes, don't judge your current situation by your own human reasoning. Don't judge what you have or what you don't have by your current opportunities. Judge what God is saying by what he says. Be it unto me, God. Be it unto me. Some of you have come into this year, and I know there's a lot of disappointment for people, particularly during the holidays. Here's my prayer for you as a pastor. Maybe this is the first year that you've had, you're going to have Christmas without a loved one. Here's what I'm asking. I'm asking you to open your heart to the Holy Spirit. Loss is a part of human, the human dilemma. We experience loss and disappointment. And we can grieve that, but here's what I'm asking. I'm asking that you'd open your heart. Let the Holy Spirit replace where there's grief and loss in your heart. Replace that with the soothing presence of Jesus. The heart, the parts of your heart that feel empty, just open it up to God. Matter of fact, right where you are, right there, just sitting down. Everybody, just sitting down. Let's just come before Jesus right now. Holy Spirit, I'm asking. Lord, I'm asking every single person. Lord, where there's been loss, where there's been disappointment, Lord, we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit of God, breathe new life. Lord, you may or may not remove a memory. I'm not asking that. What I am asking, Lord, remove the pain from the memory by the presence of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit right now, God. Jesus, I thank you for your presence. Lord, you're healing people. Lord, may the joy of the Lord be our strength. Peace on earth and goodwill towards. May the peace of Christ fill our hearts, oh God. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, if you do not know Christ today, if you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, if you're not sure if you die today that you're ready to stand before God, I want to pray for you. Wherever you are, whoever you are, I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting at all of our locations and those that are watching online right now. I believe that God has brought you to this service for this reason, to let you know he loves you. Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He's not mad at you. And the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. I can't save you, church of the king can't save Being part of a church doesn't save you. I tell you what I can do. I tell you what we can do is we can point to Jesus. The Bible says he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. No person comes to the Father except through Jesus. Yeah. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? In just a moment, at the count of three, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. You say, Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Christ. I need the blood of Jesus to wash me, to cleanse me, and make me new. If that's you, the count of three. Pastor Steve, I need Jesus. Just lift your hand up high. The count of three. One. Two, three, quickly hold your hand up high so I can see. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you and you. God bless you, sir. God bless you in the back. God bless you, buddy. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you up top. Anybody over here? Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. Bless you, sir. God brought you here today, buddy. Jesus loves you. He's not mad at you, man. 
wants to forgive you, cleanse you, and make you new. Yeah, I know what Christ did in my life. and He'll do the same in your life. Church family, with every head bowed and eyes closed, let's just pray with those that are trusting Jesus. There's such a sweet sense of the presence of God right now. Jesus is here with his presence. Let's pray together. Can we do that? Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say this. Say, Jesus, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this last thing. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. Wow, what an amazing time it's been in church together today. If you're making the decision to follow Christ for the first time, we just wanna celebrate you and say congratulations. That's amazing. The Bible says that when you make that decision, you're cleansed from all unrighteousness and you're made right with God and, and you can live this new life with without fear, without shame, without guilt from your past. And man, that's just amazing. And we wanna, we wanna celebrate you and, and let you know that your next step, your immediate next step is to let someone know. Yes, and matter of fact, there's gonna be a link that pops up on the screen or in the chat. Follow that link because this is gonna give you a whole bunch of resources to live out your new life with Christ. And again, congratulations. We are so proud of you. Yes, absolutely. Well, next week we'll have Christmas services. So please invite someone, click the share and invite button. Uh, bring people to church because it's gonna be an amazing time. We pray you guys have an awesome Christmas and we'll see you later.